So, you wanted to learn a new language, but something keeps getting in the way? Nook I'm Michael Dorn. I think it's time you discovered Rosetta Stone. Available in over 30 languages, and now for the first time, Klingon. Let's see what Klingon can do for you. With Rosetta Stone's new Klingon language program, I can talk to my son and feel like I'm not missing out. But Jack ate your mouth, Dad! Gosh! Little scamp. Speaking Klingon is a great way to make new friends. I've tried other methods, but this is the only one that really worked for me. Now my friends and I can speak to each other in Klingon. Kapla! The Klingon language is fun. Go sleep, Dr. Judge! Thank you, Rosetta Stone. Klingon is a romance language. Jigvad Vaso! Heja! Thanks, Rosetta Stone. Today is a good day to learn Klingon. Succeed or your money back. Order now. Kapla. If you want to fool thousands of people, it really helps to have a printing press, a radio station, a television camera, or access to the internet. At any moment, you can spread a story in any fashion you like. I'm Jim Grinstead, and today on Scams and Cons, we're going to talk about stunts that scammed thousands. On April 1, 1974, in Sitka, Alaska, residents had a clear view of Mount Edgecombe, a volcano that at the time had been dormant for 400 years. It's a beautiful snow-covered peak that gave residents no reason to be afraid. Until that particular day. On that day, black smoke rose from the volcano. Officials called the Coast Guard and asked if a helicopter could fly over the mountain to see if some disaster was about to strike. It turned out that prankster Oliver Porkley Bickler had a friend with a helicopter who earlier dropped 70 tires atop the mountain along with several smoke bombs, rags, and kerosene. Bickler and his friends then set them on fire. He had planned the stunt for three years. But each year, the weather wasn't just right, and the effect would have been lost. But in 1974, everything was right, and he set the tires ablaze, then spray-painted on the snow. April Fools! They had warned the FAA and the police, but they forgot about the Coast Guard. Fortunately, the Coast Guard appreciated the joke. Where does the media come in? Well, Alaska Airlines included Porky's prank in an ad campaign the following year to celebrate the independence of the Alaskan people. Eight stars of gold on a field of blue Alaska's flag mid While we're up in the air, what about the time the space shuttle landed in San Diego? Uh, the, the field we have selected is Montgomery Field, 
which is uh, there in San Diego. A systems malfunction in Edwards Air Force Base, we were told. The shuttle would be diverted here. At uh, approximately 0830 hours, uh, Discovery will touch down on this site. That news came from radio station KGO, or read of the morning personalities who thought it would be a great stunt. People flooded the highways to see the landing, and police had to corral the sightseers. Landing gear down and locked. This is STS Commander Byrne. And has anybody said April Fool's Day? Yeah, the guys got into a bit of trouble for that, but they were known for their stunts, and they had a long, proud career at the station. The fact of the matter is there is no shuttle in space. Meanwhile, police tried to deal with the traffic. Now advising the people they've been had. That was News 8 San Diego. One more airport story. This one's provided by Sir Richard Branson of Virgin Airways. I think one of, one of our best was we built a UFO, as you do. <laughs> um, we, we took off at 4 a.m. in the morning and we, we, went, we flew, over, flew over London. Um, and uh, every single radio station lit up. The uh, four police forces were called out. The, ar- the army was called out. Jet scrambled and everything. <laughs> we, we landed in a foggy field outside Gatwick and they surrounded us. And, <laughs> and, and ju- just like an ET, we had the, you know, the door very slowly open. <laughs> uh, we were pumping, pumping, you know, pumping smoke, smoke out, out of it. Yeah. And um, we brought on board with us a little ET figure I mean, in, in, in the outfit. And this Bobby English policeman came across with a, with a truncheon. And the, and the first thing he saw was this E.T. figure coming down, and he just ran. Oh, Richard, you scamp. In 1996, a leading restaurant chain bought full-page ads in the Philadelphia Inquirer, New York Times, Washington Post, Chicago Tribune, Dallas Morning News, and USA Today. The announcement was that Taco Bell had purchased naming rights to the Liberty Bell and the treasure would divide its time between Philadelphia and the company's California headquarters. America was not pleased. In its press release, the company said, quote, In an effort to help the national debt, Taco Bell is pleased to announce that we've agreed to purchase the Liberty Bell, one of our country's most historic treasures. It will now be called the Taco Liberty Bell and will still be accessible to the American public for viewing. While some may find this controversial, we hope our move will prompt other corporations to take similar action to do their part to reduce the country's debt. Here's Robert Clara, a senior editor at Adweek. Americans, including two U.S. senators, jammed the switchboards of both Taco Bell and the National Park Service, demanding to know if the story was true. At first, the Park Service didn't seem to know. We were shocked, a spokesperson said. We had no idea this was happening. Except that it wasn't. And few of the incredulous callers had noticed that Taco Bell's ad had appeared on April Fool's Day. The Park Service called a press conference and assured the media that the Liberty Bell was safe and not for sale. So Taco Bell never did buy the Liberty Bell, but its stunt bought something more desirable, national attention. And with that attention, the chain announced it would donate $50,000 to help with the Liberty Bell's conservation. Not to miss out on the moment, the White House announced that the Ford Motor Company would be restoring the Lincoln Memorial, which would be named the Lincoln Mercury Memorial. Once everyone stopped laughing, the Taco Bell story disappeared from the news. 
But the company had learned a valuable lesson about using iconic objects for marketing. In 2001, as the Mir space station re-entered the atmosphere, Taco Bell set up a floating bullseye off the coast of Australia, figuring a piece of the ship might hit it. If Mir rings our bell, said VP of Brand Communications Chris Becker, we will offer a free taco to everybody in the United States. It didn't happen. Then there are the perils of dihydrogen monoxide. Several radio personalities have warned their audience about this odorless and colorless substance that kills thousands each year. A member of New Zealand's parliament called for it to be banned. And six years later, another member of her party made the same plea. It's a good thing they failed. Dihydrogen monoxide is water. But despite that fact, this prank has survived decades and people still fall for it. I can tell you from experience that young reporters are fertile soil for pranksters. Take a young Associated Press reporter who was assigned to do a story on the origin of April Fool's Day. He checked in with Boston University Professor Joseph Boskett of the College of Arts and Sciences. The thing was, Boskin wasn't an expert on the topic, and he told the reporter so, but the reporter kept pressing, so Boskin decided to have some fun and spun his yarn. April Fool's Day originated during the reign of King Constantine in the 5th century. It got started because the fools of the kingdom decided to unionize, and they wondered if the king would approve of one of them becoming king for a day. And the king actually was so bemused by all of this, he granted their wish. He said, one of you could become king for a day, but only a day, because my, my, my life here is hard enough, and I don't want to even make it more difficult. And so they got together, and they actually appointed one of them to spend king for the day, and the king wanted to know which name he would take. And so the fool took the name of King Kugel. What the novice reporter failed to check out was the word kugel. It turns out that one of Boskin's friends loved the Jewish noodle pudding kugel, and that's how the jester got his name. Most of us don't want to be caught sleeping on the job, but in 2016, retailer Urban Ladder advertised for a mattress tester on April Fool's Day. In its LinkedIn ad, it declared, quote, As a mattress tester, you'll get to stay in bed pretty much the whole day and actually get paid. We're not kidding. Well, of course they were, and everyone had a good laugh, but other companies know a good thing when they see it. So in 2022, Casper Sleeper decided to give it a try, and ABC7 Los Angeles shared the news. Well, if you're thinking about getting a new job, here's one that will let you sleep on the job. Yes, you heard that correctly. Mattress company Casper is searching for Casper sleepers to snooze for a living. Job requirements include sleeping in company stores and in, quote, unexpected settings out in the world. The qualifications, exceptional sleeping ability, a desire to sleep as much as possible, and, of course, the ability to sleep through anything. Other perks include getting to wear pajamas to work, some free Casper products, and a flexible part-time schedule. And now I'm going back to season one when a group of radio stations decided to pull a fast one on Cincinnati. While Cincinnatians have been gazing upwards at all their new tall buildings, 
they haven't noticed the most exciting construction of all, underground. Nothing on earth compares with what you will experience when you shop under the earth. Straight down, underground, where high prices will never see the light of day, where pollution is non-existent, and where the enormous energy savings of a naturally comfortable year-round climate get passed on to you. Does it sound unbelievable? Keep listening for more details as we approach the grand opening of... I'm sorry, we can't give it away just yet. But remember this name. Plummet Mall. The best value in town is a hole in the ground. Plummet Mall. Opening in greater Cincinnati soon. That is big news. Huge news. The world's first underground mall. Except it wasn't true, and the campaign's creators, Jerry Galvin and Jay Gilbert, were serious about it. Except for that twinkle in their eyes. Here's how it started. In 1984, a major supermarket chain moved into Cincinnati, but the chain purchased very few radio ads as part of its promotion. Local radio execs were not pleased. Those execs approached Galvin about an ad campaign promoting the power of radio. The result was Plummet Mall. The campaign began in January of 1985. Radio stations donated time to the cause, and the ads played 30 times a week. The city was a buzz. Utility companies said that no one had applied for permits. The Chamber of Commerce was miffed because it was not included in the project. The problem was, how was it going to end? They couldn't announce a grand opening date or existing retailers might lose business. They had to find a way to end it, and they did. Ladies and gentlemen, please pay careful attention to the following announcement. Recently, you have been hearing about the imminent grand opening of the world's first vertical underground shopping center, Plummet Mall. Plummet Mall is the opposite of a skyscraper, going several hundred feet underground with dozens of famous stores, plus conveniences like moving walkways and spiral escalators. But unfortunately, the grand opening of Plummet Mall will be delayed. The two severe cold waves that have recently plagued the Midwest have caused a radical expansion and contraction effect beneath the Earth's surface. This has caused a profound shift of underground land masses, some by several hundred miles. Plummet Mall has been a tragic victim of this phenomenon and is believed to now be located somewhere between Greater Cincinnati and Lincoln, Nebraska. Search crews and seismologists hope to locate it within a few weeks. Until then, the best value in town is a hole in the ground. Plummet Mall, opening somewhere soon. So beware of the next outlandish announcement you discover on radio, TV, print, or on the Internet. Don't jump in line to be part of a new crop of media suckers. If you enjoy the podcast and want to support it, please consider doing so via Patreon. For just $10 a month, you'll help us keep the lights on so we can continue to create great content for you. You can sign up at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. Then search for Scams and Cons. There'll be a link in the show notes. We'll be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening. 
Hi, I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, (laughs) but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. You can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts, and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us. Mm-hmm.